Marlene Bynan and for Jeff MacArthur. We're going to end this with uh, one of the big stories, certainly in my mind, which is Ukraine. And it has been ever since this war started. I think I began the show today as I talked about it tied into everything, tied into the Grammys, ties into our political thinking as we look towards Budget Week and what was being promised by the Premier today. We're into a different frame of mind. We even, you know, as we talked about the pandemic, we have like a little reset button. It's not even so much of a worry, the pandemic anymore. And But we are watching Ukraine and seeing our vulnerability with our Arctic shores with the with Russia, and they're flying around. But boy, it has been difficult to see those pictures, massacre, atrocities. I I ran a clip earlier from President Biden saying that Vladimir Putin must be brought to trial, war crimes. It's an inflection moment in this war. Pictures, atrocities, outrage from around the world. Joining us is Irvin Student, editor-in-chief and publisher and founder of Global Brief magazine, president of the Institute for the 21st Century Questions, author of Canada Must Think for Itself. Irvin Student, thank you for being here. Good to be with you. Here we are. The pictures are hard to take. I mean, you know, people I know who follow these things, who are on top of Russia every day, say that they're they're traumatic after seeing these pictures. Irvin, what does it change here? Well, it's really emotional now. Of course, those are medieval pictures in terms of the the atrocities um, that are depicted therein, and um, it's a devastating start for the 21st century where you. We imagine ourselves to be civilizations that are in internal progress, and this is back to the Stone Ages, very terrible warfare. Warfare is a nightmare to begin with, but now this really brings it home on a human level. So to be direct to those images and the um, killings will need to be investigated independently at the highest level of Ukrainian law, Russian law, and then international law if there's no... um, if there's no uh, proper dispatch at the at the national level. There is, you know, President Biden going forward again, you know, he was uh, criticized. There was a great uh, reaction when he said, how can Vladimir Putin stay in power? And the White House is pretty clear they weren't calling for re- regime change. But for many people, he spoke what everyone was thinking. He, he went back there today just talking about perhaps a trial, like really taking it there, but moving it in a different direction. We can't not see these things. And usually when we watch a war, we talk about how does this this conflict get negotiated. How do you negotiate after you've seen the shoes and the hands and all the things that we've seen in those horrible pictures? Well, first of all, uh, let me go back to the title of the book that you quoted that I that I just authored. Um, we in Canada shouldn't be quoting Joe Biden. We have to think for ourselves. Our reaction should be independent. So our outrage at the images should be a Canadian outrage. We shouldn't outsource it to other countries who have their own positioning. On a human level, obviously, we're outraged. On a on a political, strategic, diplomatic level, there still needs to be a resolution to the conflict, one that ensures that we minimize any casualties going forward. So although we were, are properly sentimental and emotional, I, to begin with, uh, we have to lead with the head. So the intelligent resolution is still a diplomatic one. Canada must be uh, heartfelt in opening its doors and borders to refugees en masse. I have yet to see 
the refugees come here en masse, all the border countries, uh, Moldova, Poland, uh, with with the most excellence, um, even Hungary are taking hundreds of thousands of refugees. Uh, we don't have that same velocity despite our, our rhetoric. Um, military help will only uh, get us so far. Then we have to imagine what a resolution looks like diplomatically that keeps Ukraine whole and independent, that, by the way, paradoxically keeps Russia stable because we don't want Russia to destabilize. That is a nightmare uh, of biblical proportions. And that keeps What do you Europe mean destabilized? Do you mean, you, you mean well, politically? In all senses, in all, these are unstable post-Soviet republics, starting with Ukraine, but Russia is just as young. These are very young countries, despite the fact that they're old cultures and civilizations. So they're just 30 years old. Ukraine is now in a state of quasi-partition de facto on the ground, and Russia is unstable after Putin. So even if we may despise Putin, despise the action, we have to say we must be careful what we wish for, because after that there could be nothing. And if there's nothing, then a country like Russia begins to crumble, and that because it's the biggest country in the world with 14 land borders and three maritime borders, that destabilizes all continents. Ours to begin with, because you rightly mentioned the Arctic border. Yeah, but I think that those who are looking at this realize that. On the other hand, is it not crumbling to some degree already? We're watching what is this new push by Vladimir Putin. He expected this to be over in 48 hours, so already there's a crisis in that country. Sanctions, you talked about Canada thinking for itself, being part of these sanctions. These things are tightening a screw. So, I mean, that's the complication of this moment. There are many complications, but you overestimate the extent to which we've thought through what the endpoint looks like. So despite the fact that we are partial to Ukraine and we Russia is our enemy in the context of this conflict, we need a resolution that keeps three houses together and de-radicalize. First, Ukraine, second, Europe, and us in the West, and third, Russia. That's difficult to do because we have to look beyond the images. So that's the political play. The humanitarian play is at the level of individuals, regular families that are crushed in, across Ukraine. We're talking about millions of people that have either fled the country or been destabilized in their lifestyle, have had to flee their homes and really have, have been uprooted. So we need to help directly at, at the human level, just as we think strategically at the, at the, at the more structural level. All right. And thank you for joining us. We appreciate it as we see this whole thing unfold. Thank you kindly. Pleasure. Irvin Student is editor-in-chief, publisher, and founder of Global Brief Magazine and president of the Institute for 21st Century Questions. There we go. And they are, they are modern questions, aren't they? And we have gone, our guests thinking we have to keep all these countries stable. I'm not so sure that NATO is thinking about that right now. I know that they are, that's the way they went into it. But we're, we're seeing the situation change with no clear answer, though. We are in unprecedented territory when it comes to Vladimir Putin. How much of a rage, talking to someone earlier today, been on the run from Vladimir Putin, who believes that, you know, if he, if he gets pushed too much, we have to remember what he's capable of doing. So here we are in these times after going through this pandemic. I don't have to tell you, we're all there. We're we're dealing with the reality. What if? What if? And what will we take? And what is the consequences here? President Biden, leader of the free world, 
America, Russia, two very powerful nuclear nations there. Thank you for joining me. I wish I ended it up on a little bit more of a happier note, but it is real. And I'd like to thank producer Mary Feely, Dave Spargala, technical producer, and I'll be back tomorrow. For Jeff MacArthur, I'm Arlene Bynum. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.